Hey, it's Addie and Ella, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast. Together we pray that in this episode, the message of the gospel will be clear, that it's not us, but him. It's not me, but you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Not Me But You podcast. Today, we are doing Good Friday part three of our Easter series, as we have decided to call it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's just the name. We've <laughs> we've come to that. That's just the ongoing joke throughout this series. It started out with us being like, right now it's Easter series, but don't you guys worry. We're going to come up with a cool, fun name. Nope. Mm-mm. And then that's the topic of discussion for a whole minute every time we start <laughs> So I apologize that you've heard this. I don't nobody even know cares what episode. About this except for us. Like the series name? Clearly. Nobody cares. You're very true. Yep. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, we are doing Good Friday Part 3. So this is the end of the Good Friday stuff that we will be talking about. So this episode will be about Jesus' crucifixion. So mm-hmm. get in down to the... The nitty yeah. gritty, but don't worry, it gets better. Yeah. yeah. It's another heavy episode, but like we've said throughout all these Good Friday episodes, it's so important. We have to understand it. Right. So right. set the stage for the grand finale. Yeah. Yeah. So like we did in our previous episodes, we will read a little bit of the scripture, discuss it a little bit, and then kind of keep that flow going mm-hmm. all the way to the end. So the first scripture um, that we'll be reading is Luke 23 verses 26 through 31. Yes. So I will start with that. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? When I was reading through this, I read that and I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what the heck? (laughs) What does that mean? But never fear, we studied it out and we will help you guys. So basically, when Jesus is saying this, he's telling the crowds, Do not weep for him, but weep for the people who reject him. So when he says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children. Um, Jesus is basically saying, like, if this is the fate of the innocent, who is Jesus, like, what's going to happen to the guilty? So Jesus is just urging the crowds to be concerned for their own sin, recognize their own need for salvation. And this is actually kind of considered Jesus's last sermon before he died um because after this point everything he spoke was just like prayers or just little um phrases um everything we have recorded we obviously don't know everything he said but um yeah so anyways this is kind of considered his last sermon before he died after he rose again he um preached to the disciples and taught them and stuff but previous to his death this is kind of his last sermon and it's basically just don't be concerned over me you need to be concerned for yourself you need to worry about your own salvation and I still think that um message holds true today like we need to be concerned over our own personal salvation like if you don't know 
Jesus already. Like he's telling these people, you will face judgment. And so um, it's so important. Like that's the most important thing is to take advantage of this gift that Jesus has made available to everyone. Right. And how humble was Jesus in saying this? The dude just got beaten, scourged, hanging Mm -hmm. on a cross. And he's like, y'all don't weep for me. Weep for yourself. Like figure out your own sin. Cause like you're in the same position as I am. Like sin equals death. So like weep for yourself. Weep for those who don't have salvation, who don't believe in me because this is serious stuff. Mm -hmm. Get your poop in the scoop y'all. Like, I don't know. Like that's such humble to be like, Jesus was perfect. He was taking on the world's sin. Um, but he was still urging these people, like, you right. need to figure it out. Yeah. And to be having the worst day of your entire life. That's worse than any of our worst days in our entire life's times four. When I'm having a bad day, let me tell you, I am not super concerned about the people around me. Yes, that's my <laughs> point. Like, Jesus was having the worst day ever and was like, weep for yourselves. Yeah. Because, like, you've got bigger issues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyways, we just wanted to explained that but the next passage we're going to go in through is Luke 23 verses 32 through 43. So starting in verse 32, two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him and when they came to the place that is called the skull there they crucified him and the criminals one on the right and one on the left and Jesus said father forgive them for they know not what they do And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourselves and us. But the others rebuked him, saying, Do not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Yeah, so we see here Jesus's actual crucifixion take place. And The Romans' version of crucifixion was literally, like, the worst way to die. Like, the Romans didn't invent crucifixion, but they took it for themselves and perfected it. Like, they they knew how to take care of criminals, and so... Well, they knew how to kill someone, but to make it slow and painful and take forever. Yes. Like... Yes, and shameful, too. They stripped them naked, and they would post their crime above their head. Like, every aspect of it was just terrible. Mm -hmm. Terrible. Yeah, and they say most people die from, like, asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say the word. Basically, because your hands are nailed in, your feet are nailed in, you still have to breathe. In order to breathe, you have to push yourselves up on your feet that are nailed to a cross in order to breathe. And finally, you get so weak that you can't do that anymore and they flogged you and scourged you before mm-hmm. so your back mm-hmm. your entrails are hanging out your back yeah and you're rubbing that up and down the cross every time that you stand up to breathe right like ugh. right and when i was reading up on this they said sometimes it took people four days for them to actually oh die gosh. and so they would be on there for four days they said like birds and vultures would mm. there's nothing you could do you couldn't move to right Get rid of wave them. them away you know and 
so a lot of times the Roman soldiers would break their legs so that they couldn't push themselves up to breathe. I mean, it's just so terrible. We're not going to, like, go way into it just because the point of this podcast is, like, the scripture. Yeah, we're just trying to get an understanding of Easter. So we're going to link some things in the description just more about the crucifixion. So we really encourage you all to read more about it for yourselves because it is important to know and understand and like we've been saying throughout this like it really shows you your own depravity and how serious your sin is because oh it's just such a miserable miserable way to To die yeah yeah awful yeah and it's important too for us to remember that jesus wasn't a victim in this Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he had a choice in this. He yeah. willingly chose to give up his life for us. And yes, it looks like he's powerless in these situations, but like he was the son of God. He was not powerless by any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. And so he willingly did this for us. Yes. He willingly went through that. And I think that's an important yeah. thing to like remember when yeah. we view the crucifixion. Yeah. Jesus submitted himself to this death, to God's will, to bear our sins but in doing this satan made it horrible for him (laughs) it it was awful but yeah like addie said jesus willingly did this in john 10 18 it says jesus says no one takes my life from me but i lay it down of my own accord i have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again and so it's just really important to emphasize that like Jesus wasn't a victim of all these horrible circumstances. I mean, yeah, he endured horrible circumstances, but he did this for us. It's not like it was out of his control. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think in the passage Ella read it too, it's really important that we go ahead and focus on the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, eh, it depends. Like sometimes this gets blown over and we don't like look at this in depth, but it's truly amazing um what happens with uh jesus and these thieves on either side of him yeah and i mean this isn't the whole point of the cross but we think it's a really cool um situation that goes on through all of this and it just shows the perfect picture of how we receive salvation today so we just wanted to go more into that and In Matthew and Mark, when they tell the story of the thief on the cross, we are told that both of the thieves were insulting Jesus. So they were both throwing insults at him. They were just going along with all these crowds that were insulting him too. However, in Luke, um, we're told the story of how one of them received salvation. So even though they both started out insulting Jesus through this process on the cross, because this wasn't like a 10-minute thing. During this time, one of the thieves, his heart was opened, his eyes were opened, and he received salvation. Mm -hmm. And how encouraging is it, too, that you're going through the worst thing of your entire life, and like, the king of the world is hung on a cross next to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow for that guy. Yeah. Jesus is always with us. He's always with us. We can be going through terrible situations, and he's there. Right. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, So we're going to go through basically the different steps that happen for this man to receive salvation. And so number one is he saw that God was to be respected. 
he said to the other thief, don't you fear God? Like, what are you doing? Don't you fear God? Right. He saw that Jesus was to be respected. Yeah. And number two, he knew his own sin. We learned that that is something that has to happen before salvation occurs. You have to realize the weight of your own sin. And he was doing this, that, even in that statement, like, don't you fear God? Like, to the other criminal, like, don't you fear what we've done? We deserve this. Like, that's why we're here on this cross. Yet there's Jesus, perfect and sinless, like, hung on the cross beside you. Mm -hmm. He said to the other criminal, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. Like, he, he knew what he had done. He knew he was wrong, and he knew that God was to be respected. And so he said, he admitted, I'm being punished justly here. Like, Jesus over here did nothing wrong. Right, right. And then number three is he called out to Jesus. So it says in, in the scripture, like, then he said, Jesus. And then moving into four, he believed who Jesus was and said he was. And so it says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He truly believed that, like, this is the son of God. And he was like, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. He believed that mm-hmm. fully. Yeah. And I don't know if this criminal understood that by doing this, he would receive salvation necessarily. I think he had just realized who Jesus was. He needed to be respected. He had sinned personally and Jesus hadn't. And like, he was basically just saying like, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He knew where Jesus was going. We don't know how he knew that. But for us today, like, we know. We know how to receive salvation. And so the next step we need to do is believe that and accept that. Because we see the thief's next step was him believing Jesus' promise. Because Jesus answered this thief and he said to him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so the thief believed who Jesus was, he knew that he was a sinner, and he called upon Jesus and acknowledged that before him, and Jesus offered him salvation. And it still works the same way for us today. And it's actually really interesting because I don't want to say this was the first man saved by faith, because that's not true. Throughout the Old Testament, people were saved by faith in God. But this was the first person who entered heaven through faith in Jesus and what Jesus did. So it's really interesting that this thief, this person who had done terrible things, we don't know what he had all done, but it was really bad if he was getting this death penalty of crucifixion, was the first person to enter heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. And so it just goes to show that there's nothing we can do. This man was on the cross. There, He couldn't make up for anything he had done. He couldn't fix anything. He just called upon Jesus, and Jesus saved him. Right. And it is the same way for us today. There is nothing we can do, no matter how young or old or what you have or haven't done. Like, You just have to realize your own sin, believe in who Jesus is, and ask him for salvation. Right. Not to just like sit and reiterate your point, but it's so true. That man was hanging on the cross. What could he do for Jesus except accept his name and believe in him? Yeah. And that was the only thing that was required of him in order to earn salvation. It wasn't like, oh, yep, Jesus, I believe, hops down off the cross, you know, starts doing some good deeds, some good works. 
no, that was, that was it. Mm -hmm. And so it really does show like, it's by faith alone, not in anything we can do, not in anything we, we try to do or muster up on our own Mm -hmm. self, but it is by, by Christ alone. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's It's just such a fascinating and really encouraging story of this salvation that goes on between Jesus and this criminal. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, on that note, (laughs) so (laughs) moving on, we kind of like hit a high point here and got all excited, but we're going to go into Jesus's death now. So sorry, it's going to get sad again, but it's important. It's important. So Luke 23 verses 44 through 49, and this says, it was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, father into your hands, I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Yeah. Dang. I think the big thing in the scripture passage that Ella just read was how the curtain was torn in two. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of like, I guess, the historical significance behind this curtain was in the temple or the tabernacle there was a place inside of it called the holy of holies and like you were forbidden to go Mm -hmm. in there except for like once a year and it had to be the high priest and there's all these rules Mm -hmm. against it just really showing like how set apart god is and how Mm -hmm. amazing and special he is because our sin would get in the way right of that right and so anyway they had this big curtain that separated um the holies of holies from from the people and that tore in two mm-hmm. when jesus died and it got black and mm-hmm. that's another big thing too but it tore in two and this symbolized like hey you are no longer under the old covenant meaning like you no longer are bound to you have to sacrifice an animal for your sins and you have to do all of these things perfectly and abide by the law that's no longer it is no longer your works it's none of that it is what christ has done for you he took that from you he took that from you on the cross he bore all of the sins of the world while he was hanging there on that cross and that really symbolized like hey old covenant is done new mm-hmm. covenant is here this is this marks the start of a new era Mm-hmm. yeah and one thing to Addie had mentioned how darkness covered the land from noon to three o'clock. And when I was reading on this, um, they had said, like, if you study the astrology and, like, the time period and, like, the different things that factor into this, like, it would be literally impossible for, like, something, like, random to happen, like an eclipse or something along Mm -hmm. those lines. Like, it was literally impossible like it shows how jesus was the perfect sacrifice because the like addy said the temple curtain tore in two and darkness covered the land for three hours in the middle of the day when it was impossible for some random thing like an eclipse to happen right 
Right. Yeah. And it just shows like how much power was in that. And like, hey, we no longer have separation from God for our sins. Like, praise the Lord. Yeah. 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 But yeah, one thing I want to highlight too is like Jesus bore our sins on the cross. So like when exactly did that happen? So before Jesus died, a spiritual kind of transaction took place. God tore the temple curtain in two and laid upon Jesus all of the wrath that our sin deserves. And so this really was the true suffering that Jesus faced. I mean, we have talked about in the last two episodes what a horrible night Jesus had had, what a horrible death he had had. But this was the ultimate suffering that the perfect son of God would bear our sin and shame and God's wrath. And um, it says in Matthew twenty-seven forty-six, Jesus had cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When we feel the guilt of our own sin, it's like unbearable. You have to give it to God. But like, I can't imagine bearing the guilt of all of mankind and all of their sin. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember too, like in this statement, Jesus saying, God, why have you forsaken me? And it is because like Ella said, all of the guilt, all of the sin of mankind, past, present, future, mm-hmm. is on Jesus at that point. And God had to turn his head. Like mm-hmm. he was like, God, the perfect God of the universe, had to turn his head from Jesus and be like, ha. Ah. Like, yeah, he had to separate himself yes. because God is so holy. He he cannot deal with our sin. Like he right. can't we can't have a relationship with him when we have this sin nature in the way. Right. So thank the Lord for doing what he did yeah. here in Jesus so that he made a way so that we ab- are able to be in communion with God and we are able to be in his presence. Right. Like, thank the lord for that right but yeah to have this hair terrible horrible no good very bad day and then Mm -hmm. have your own father turn his head for me and then have to cry and be like god why have you forsaken me yeah what yeah and yeah that's that's the cherry on top to the worst day in the entire (laughs) in your entire life well it it kind of gets into like with this curtain temple tearing in two and god having to turn his face from jesus it kind of gets into, I don't want to get like way too deep into this, but like Old Testament and the sacrifices necessary. The sacrifices and the law and the good works did not save those people. Those people were saved by having faith in God. However, to be able to have a relationship with God, to go to him, to have their sins forgiven, it was necessary to have these animal sacrifices because they couldn't obey God's law perfectly they still needed something to cover that sin because God cannot have a relationship with us when there is sin there. And so that is why when when Jesus took on all of our sin and died and rose again, we no longer have to do that anymore. We are still saved through faith, but it's not necessary to have the animal sacrifices because Jesus made that final sacrifice. Right. Like, so my I just wanted to explain that. No, no, and bit. I think that was an important point to make. And I can't imagine, this is just Addie thought of the day. I can't imagine being the per- first person to be like, yeah, I'm not going to sacrifice an animal today, guys. Like, because they've been doing this for years and years and years and years and years. And like, this is what they had to do. And then to be like, oh, yeah, 
Jesus paid it all. I'm not going to go kill my lamb today. Like, <laughs> I would be scared. Oh, that's just my thought. I, those people had that faith. And I mean, they had been there. They had seen what had happened and word spread around of what had happened. Right. So, like, yeah. I get it. But, like, people also kind of knew. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. But it yeah. all worked out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's my life point. When Jesus actually did die though he had called out father into your hands i commit my spirit and so once jesus's work on the cross was accomplished that spiritual transaction took place jesus took on our sin he yielded his spirit to god and this is really important because it shows once again that jesus gave up his life when and how he wanted to when the time was right when things were perfect when he had taken on all of that sin he ended his suffering when his work was done. So like we had mentioned before, things weren't just like happening to Jesus totally out of his control. Once things were done and taken care of and he had perfectly walked through this night and taken on the sin, then he gave up his spirit. Right. I like the word he used. He yielded it. It mm-hmm. was like, I, I give this up for you on your behalf as a gift. Yeah. And I think that shows too like, just the like perfection of the will of God. Like, I don't think Jesus chose to have all of these things happen to him, but like, it was the will of God, and it carried out this like beautiful plan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just encouraging, super yeah. encouraging. Yeah. But and then one thing. This is kind of a random side note, but like when I was reading up on this, another thing I read was that like it's pretty crazy that Jesus was able to like yell out father into your hands I commit my spirit because he had been on this cross for hours you could barely breathe like people you couldn't talk like it it was just a shocker to everyone who was there to hear Jesus yell that because they're like that is impossible you know like how how could someone do that you know like you're dying by asphyxiation so like not having breath Mm -hmm. yet you have the breath to yell this out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Anyways, not important. I just <laughs> thought that was interesting. So, right, right. The next part we are going to go into is Luke 23, verses 50 through 56. Yep, I can read that one. So, starting in verse 50, it says Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and a righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and actions, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in linen, shroud, and laid it in the tomb cut in stone, where no one has ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The woman who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. Anyways, so we don't have a whole lot to go through here, but... Basically, after Jesus died and they had taken him down from the cross, he was laid to rest in a tomb provided by a man named Joseph. And Joseph, as we read here, he secretly believed that Jesus was the Messiah, according to scripture, but he feared the consequence of acknowledging his belief publicly. I mean, there's just so much going on, you know. People people were scared of the Pharisees. So anyways... After Jesus died, Joseph had gone to Pilate secretly and requested the body of Jesus so that he could provide a proper burial for Jesus. So that's basically the ending of 
the scripture we're going through in this episode is just Jesus died and um, Joseph had given him a proper burial and then these women had prepared spices and stuff to um, preserve the body. Mm -hmm. But since it was the Sabbath, they couldn't go like right away to take care of this. So that's kind of why the women later go to the tomb, which we'll get into with the Easter episode, but yeah. And to set us up for the Easter episode (laughs) too, I think it's important to note that in verse 55, it says, the woman who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. So they like physically saw that he was in there. They saw how he was positioned, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Most of us know the story and know how that will play in, but yeah, just setting us up for the Easter episode. But yeah. We are really excited for our Easter episode. We hope you guys have stuck with us through this series so far, um, and we'll stay tuned for the Easter episode. But, yeah, it's just um, really incredible, the sacrifice that Jesus had made. And, um, yeah, that's that's all we got for now. I don't want to spoil Easter, so, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So anyway, we will see you guys all in our future episode next week. But we also wanted to let you guys know that we will link a couple things down for you guys in the description. I know we talked about earlier how we were going to include some articles about like the crucifixion and going like more into like, I guess the science behind that, if you're interested in reading up on that. And then just with what we talked about with Um, the criminal on the cross and how he accepted salvation we're just going to link down like our what is the gospel episode and how do i know that i'm saved episode and just some articles on that as well Mm -hmm. so um we definitely encourage you guys to like go listen there and check out those things that we've linked below yeah definitely but um we will see you all next week bye Oh, hey, you're still here. While you're still here, just one more thing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Not Me But You Productions. And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Thanks again for listening.